Hi guys, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe. And this is one of my favorite episodes of the year because it is our favorite things episode. Woo! And it's finally like Christmas, you know, to me. It's December 16th. So I'm like, I'm, I'm done with everything else. Okay. I can't, you know. If you don't know where favorite things originates for some reason, Oprah basically decided that she has favorite things and started debuting them on her show. And we can't afford a random them. amount of things. So. And so it's moved <laughs> online. Like it's integrated now with Amazon. Like you can go to Amazon. There's like a landing page where like products like Corksicle, like it's a big deal for your product if it gets on Oprah's favorite things. Yeah. Um, I'm not Oprah. I would love to be Oprah one day. That's goal, life goals, mm-hmm. big cabbage farm, um, husband in another place, like all these things. So <laughs> that's very like Dolly Parton vibes too. Dolly Parton also, her husband lives in another place. They are very like, you know, they, they're living their best lives. They're, they got billions and they give it to people that need it. And I philanthropy, like goals, goals, yeah. obviously not all the things. Like I, I do think Oprah's problematic in some of the stuff she says and does yeah, much like, so. with most people. But I think the idea of having a list of things to reflect on that have gotten you through the year, especially in a year like 2020, um, to share with other people that they can learn about these things too is a good idea. And so I'm excited for us to do that here today. Yes. Yeah, so we normally focus a bit more on, um, you know, things that are like a little bit easier to ac- access instead of just stuff to buy, um, because there's a lot of things that are easy to access that can help you get through the year and you can, you know go on Netflix or go on wherever you listen to podcasts or whatever and access them instead of just like buying stuff all year, which, cause I love Oprah's list. Like there's a lot of good stuff on there, but a lot of times it's like, here is, you know, this oven mitt that is $4,000 and it's my favorite. And I'm like, okay, great. That's not super helpful. So hopefully these picks will help you. Um, They're a good thing to get through the holiday season. If you're not into this season, if this season is a struggle for you, now you have a list of things to kind of check out over these next few weeks and to continue checking them out into 2021. So we will get right into it and we will start with our favorite podcasts. So I'll go with my first one, which is probably not a surprise to anybody who has been listening to our podcast for a long time. And I'm sure it's on your list as well. It is The Read because it's just consistently wonderful and it never fails me and it always makes me laugh. Like I can all like I can always just like I can literally just like listen in the middle of an episode. Not that I do that, but I'm just saying I literally feel like I could just like pick any part of the episode and start listening. And within a few minutes, I'm going to have like a smile on my face. So it's just always hilarious. And, you know, it was it was necessary this year. Yeah, I think the read is our, you know, it is a podcast for the culture. It represents so many of us, you know, black millennials living through the world. And and I feel like we all culturally have something in common with a lot with the host. They brought in and ushered in a wave of podcasting and having black voices that, you know, you've benefited from. So many other people have benefited from all the work that Gifford and Crystal have done um, producing a TV show and all this stuff. So if you've never listened to The Read because you feel like it's overrated, blah, 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 everybody talks about it, which I understand some of those people. It is a funny podcast and I think it's worth listening to. It's the only way I know what's happening in pop culture because I don't know. I don't follow people. Same. I I find out like so much stuff that I would have never, like I don't even know what's going on. And then like they tell me about it. I'm like, oh, okay. And even if I don't know the people, it's still like the way they cover is still funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like Um, I never know like the housewives stuff that they talk, you know, any of that. Yeah. 
Um, anything with reality TV that they're talking about, I don't know who they're talking about, but the way that they talk about it makes it so interesting. Very much so. Yeah, I, I definitely 100% agree. Um, I will like mix it up a little bit. And then we talked about this podcast several times already this year, but I wanted to re-mention it because I think it's so well done. And I think they're pivoting in the pandemic was well done. This is a podcast that was face-to-face with guests. And so this was the host first time kind of like doing a virtual format, but second life podcast, which is interviewing women about their second time, their second career, basically. Like you started out doing something and then all of a sudden you switch something else. And what are you doing now? And so there've been so many amazing entrepreneurs who've been on it. I look up, look up to and want to know what they're doing or how they're doing or how they pivoted or even some of the famous people, actors or actresses who may have started out in Hollywood but now have opened businesses. So it's a really good podcast if you own a business, if you're thinking about owning your business, if you're interested in supporting small businesses but want to understand people's journey, or you're thinking about switching your career. If you're in a career field and 2020 is showing you that you don't like it and you want to do something else, I recommend listening to Second Life Podcast. It's very easy listening. It's very NPR, kind of like soft voices, journalistic. So that's going to be my first recommendation. I love it. Um, okay, so I've also been really into Pulp Town this year. Um, basically, just because it's like short, simple, sweet. We've had Katie from Pulp Town on the podcast. She shares stuff that's like local to Orlando specifically. Orange Juice Pulp. That's why it's called Pulp Town. Um, so I just love that it like gives you a little like 411 of what's going on in Orlando, what you can expect in the Central Florida area, and kind of gets right to the point and. Again, it's just like very quick, so it's always easy to listen to. Um, and so I, I'm honestly like on the hunt now for like the DC equivalent to that. So if anybody knows that and wants to share that with us, that would be awesome. But I think it's really great when you have it's it's just extremely local. It's not necessarily unless you're coming to visit here, uh, it might not even be something that interests you, or if you're already here. But if you're here or you're coming here, then definitely if you, if you visit even like a few times, you know, like if you visit once a year or something like that, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, but yeah, it's very like localized and very specific. Um, and I don't mind that it's so niche because again, that's, it's helpful for us. Um, and you know, right now, like we haven't been really doing much because hello, the pandemic, but I think that this is a podcast that like next year when things hopefully, open up again at some point it's going to be really helpful to have something like that that you can like listen to literally on in the car on your way to work listen to the entire episode and kind of get an idea of like oh here are the things that I might want to like get involved in and do this week you know yeah um my second one is going to be uh which is unrelated to anything unless you've never watched the X-Files or you've ever watched it my friend Alana started the X-Files podcast because she had never really watched it either with her friend Leah who is an X-Files enthusiast and this is kind of a popular thing where you get a friend who's watched something and didn't watch something and you guys do a whole podcast about re-watching the thing but Leah and Alana watched the X-Files as someone who really didn't watch X-Files kind of understood it's very funny <laughs> like it's it's <laughs> like I can't under like I can't put into words if you've, if you've never seen the X-Files, if you're like a Gen Z kid and the X-Files wasn't on TV when you grew up, it's such a ridiculous premise of a show that was on TV probably for way too long <laughs> and it has been rebooted and like all this stuff. And like, you know, you've seen these actors do other things, which I think uh, David Dukashini was in a movie where he plays like a show. No, it's a movie. He's in the new Craft remake um and he's not oh. a good person so it just seeing the contrast of seeing him in the new craft and then listening to this podcast and talk it's it's and then also um 
I can't remember her name, actress, but she is the, um, goodness, what is it? Margaret Thatcher in the new season of The Crown. So these two people oh. who we kind of grew up with in our 90s lifestyle, um, also being on TV right now, relevant in yeah. these weird roles that are opposite of The X-Files. Is, it just was really fun. It's a funny show. So I, I mean, I like a lot of those little, like, my friend never seen this. Like, I like um, the Babysitter's Club Club. Like, all those podcasts. And Nicole Byers is, like, 10 where she's never seen anything. <laughs> she watches it with a friend. Um, she's I a feel like, wait, fun. what is the name of this again? Uh, Leah and Alana watch the X-Files. Okay, because yeah. John would love this because he's obsessed with the X-Files. And I feel like I've watched it, like, on and off. Like, I've never watched it all the way through. So no. you have to, like, watch it all the way through and listen. It's on like, Hulu. Cool. And okay. I kind of, like, want to... Like, I haven't been really watching it with them, but I've been listening to episodes. So I'm going to... Whenever I decide to take on X-Files... I know that I have this yeah, podcast to go John with John absolutely loves the X-Files and he's like embarrassed that I have not seen every episode in order. So I'm like, okay. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it wasn't for it. I'm like, excuse me, I'm not old. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, I do think that uh, it's, it's definitely like something I want to see from beginning to end. So, and it is, it's more fun. Cause like when you're watching something that's like an older show, like, you sometimes you just don't like you and I talk to each other about that stuff because we both will yeah. watch old shows at the same time but like no one else is watching it so it feels weird especially if like there's like either you haven't seen the entire thing or you haven't seen like whole seasons or whole like story arcs or whatever stuff that's like brand new to you and you want to talk to people about it and they're like yeah cool that was 20 years ago <laughs> like <laughs> you're kind of late to the game you're like oh my bad and you can't really google stuff about it because then it might end up spoiling like the rest of right. everything for you right. so it's kind of that like gray area so I love that there are like podcasts that cover cover that sort of thing um, okay, so speaking of Nicole Byer, my next one is Best Friends, which you introduced me to, was it last year? I don't know. This year has been really long. Yeah, I think it was last year. It was on my favorite things last year. Yeah, because like I remember you brought it up because they had talked about celebration in it where we live and it was just so hilarious because they kind of like in a way hit the nail on the head of like how weird celebration is, but just scratch the surface. Um, and so obviously like I had to listen to that cause we got such a kick out of that. And just of course, like love the two of them. They're hilarious. They're great together. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a happy and fun. Uh, any honest, like I love them both, but anything Nicole Byer does, like you can sign me up for. Honestly, truly same. <laughs> yeah same she's done zero wrong in my eyes so i i agree with that. i honestly like one of my favorite things this is not this is not a podcast but one of my favorite things to do this year has been watching her learn how to pole dance it truly i mean she's On Instagram. yeah she's nicole byer can drop into a split from the top of a pole it's I can't. Amazing. It's fascinating yeah. to watch. And she has like an outdoor pole too that like balances yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, that is super cool. So yeah, even like I've been so entertained just like doing that like this year. I'm like, yeah, this like I'm deep into quarantine. And I'm just like just watching her pole dance on Instagram. So yeah, she never fails to entertain me. But definitely any podcast that she's a part of is 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 a go for me. Yeah. Um, my second one, which I talk, I think I talked about last episode or maybe the episode before, but uh, Sailor Moon Fan Club, for any of the people who grew up loving Sailor Moon, um, is the Black Sailor Moon podcast. And even if you don't need care about Sailor Moon, she interviews really cool guests. Like she had Sweetie on it, who is a notorious Moony 
Sailor Moon fan, um, which is, you know, it's just unexpected people who, I think Tierra Whack is into Sailor Moon. So it's like random female rappers who really love Sailor oh. Moon. Um, but it's a really fun podcast that talks about, like, it's kind of asking you how you got into it or what do you like about the anime? And then it's just talking about people's lives. It's an interview podcast, really well done. Um, and just obviously in the spirit of supporting all things Black, I would love that if people who were into that, and, and there's a new Sailor Moon movie coming out, um, allegedly on Netflix. It's coming out anyway, but allegedly the T is that it's going to be released on Netflix for the U.S. audience because there's been all this stuff being posted. So for people who've never gotten into it, you can watch Sailor Moon on Hulu. Go back, watch all the, if you've never seen it, if you're interested in watching a, a bratty woman run around <laughs> for 200 episodes and go through this magical girl nonsense you can do that as well. Like if you want to binge watch something new in 2021 um, or read the manga or whatever you want to do. But if you, if you don't, please go listen to the podcast and support because it's important that all rep- people are represented in different spaces. And I think fan podcasts now seeing that more black people are getting bigger names in their fan, the podcast, like she's had voice actors and actresses who've been on the show, be on the podcast. I think it's really cool. So it's awesome. I, I feel like there. there's like an overlap with being like a fan of Sailor Moon and also being a really good rapper because you just like name them and I'm like, it's oh, well, they're both amazing. Funny. So that's interesting. Like she was, I think she came up with like, they were like, oh, she likes Sailor Moon. And they're like, I see Mooney. And she was like, oh my goodness, I love this. And like ran with it on her Instagram and like, sweetie, and all this stuff. And it's just been really like fun to see on Twitter, like this black girl magic, literally magic loving uh this magical show um that was kind of girl empowerment and girl power and all this other stuff in the 90s when we had so little feminism to look Mm -hmm. forward to so so it was one of those shows that had five leads and a female protagonist who really had a guy who was kind of useless who didn't really do anything so (laughs) it was her saving him for like half the time so it was just kind of like that's why people kind of like this show and even if you're not in the anime and you don't care like i totally understand because it's not for everyone, but thought I would share that. We'd love to see it. Okay. And so my last one, because I only have four for podcasts, um, is a beautiful mess podcast. I feel like they do a really great job of sharing like behind the scenes of business and their personal life. Um, and like the stuff that they're known for on their podcast, which is, you know, like home improvement decorating like just basically general all like home stuff and and life stuff they're like lifestyle bloggers um so they just did like a really good good job of bringing the feel of the blog and making it more personal and bringing it to a podcast space and it's definitely like a situation where if you're looking to like level up your business and your life like there's a lot of really good advice there that I think other people aren't talking about I know for me, like one of the things that I was really interested in is, you know, they've gotten into a place where they both own multiple properties, rent out multiple properties, stuff like that. And that's something that like in the future, I would love to to be on that level. And so just kind of learning like, cause they, it's not like they started with a lot of money. There are bloggers and there's nothing wrong if you start with money. Like everybody starts in different ways, depending on what their life situation is and that's fine but obviously like if you start out with a lot of money and you have a ton of money to invest in your blog or your business it's going to be a different situation whereas if you kind of just start like with nothing and so they're like just two girls in the midwest that did not have you know they were not rich or anything like that and they just kind of started from nothing and kind of like built up slowly and they've been building for a long time like anybody that's been blogging for 
you know, like 12, 15 plus years has seen that they've been around for a really long time. So it's not like they built it overnight. Like nowadays you see all these people that are like, yeah, I went from zero to $8 million in like eight months. But it's like, that's not, I don't know that I believe that. And also that's not what they did. So it's interesting to see like if they, you know, if you're interested in checking out people who've had a business for a very long time, they've built their business over literally like over well over a decade um and what that looks like um it's it's just kind of a really good place to dive in and kind of check that out so and it's it's fun and like light even though it's businessy my last one is going to be cultured or not and this is about an indian american and a british uh, pakistani team of couple like they talk about just being you know Indian or Desi and like how it affects culture and what it means and et cetera. And I'm always about learning new things and being more educated and trying to understand different cultures and getting out of my bubble because I like to be a good global citizen, um, so to speak. And obviously you can't learn everything about something from just two people's perspectives, but I think it's important again, to uplift the work of people of color, especially in 2020 um, when we're being more subjected to understanding why there's discrimination in so many spaces and just learning and being better. And also, you know, our vice president is an Indian woman, like, you know, so there's so many things that we can learn. And, um, it was a really good podcast. They just finished their first season. I think it was really well done. I'm excited for it to be going into the next year. The art is done by a girl named, uh, her Instagram is Colors of Honey. And it's really, she does a lot of fun, um, Indian inspired illustrations and she's really good at what she does. So I literally found this podcast through her like illustration work or whatever. So anyway, that's going to be my last recommendation. And I also just always recommend people to listen to podcasts from people who don't look like you. If you've, you're not already doing that because how else will you learn what other people are experiencing, what they're doing. If you only listen to people who look like you, that seems ridiculous to me I don't know so that's just going to be my recommendation for all of you to find a podcast that is hosted by people first of all smaller podcast but also um one that's hosted by people who aren't like you who don't believe the same way you do or that someone that can challenge you to think differently agreed okay so moving on to my favorite category which is books so earlier this year um I read an amazing book called all boys aren't blue by George M. Johnson. And I think it might have been like, it's definitely like my top three for the year. Um, It's just fantastic. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to give it away, but like, just go read it. Just trust me. That's all I'm going to do. I have no books, so keep going. Okay. (laughs) I also read Over the Top by Jonathan Van Ness, who is from um, Queer Eye. And I think a lot of people know Jonathan Van Ness as being like this bubbly person, super happy, super positive all the time. And I had no idea like the things that JVN had gone through behind the scenes. It's wild. Yeah, I think we all assume, you know, like if somebody um, is coming from, you know, a a situation where they are very like openly um, queer and you can tell that they're queer, you, you're going to probably assume, okay, they had a rough time in high school and things like that. And so that sort of thing is never a big surprise in a memoir. Um, but it was so further beyond that than I could have ever imagined. And, and it, yeah, like JVN has had a really rough time and a really rough go of it in life so far. And it's wild because like you just would not have known that 
based on their personality and the things that, you know, they say and do and how they live their life. So it just really shows you that like, even if things are not great at a certain point in your life, like you really can turn it around and like live and create a beautiful life for yourself. Um, so it's just a book I would recommend for anyone. It's not a super long read either. And like, despite the content being very heavy, it somehow doesn't feel super heavy either just because of like the way that JVN just has that light that they bring into like every situation. So I would definitely recommend checking out over the top. Um, and then the other three, they're not, it's not a book, but it's an author. Right. So um, I really got into Rick Reardon this year because I just never have before. And obviously we know that um, JK Rowling sucks and so there's a lot of people that have been like hardcore Potter fans forever who were just really like not really in the mood to read that. Right. And so I was like, OK, I'm, I kind of want to find something else that's like fantasy, that's fun, but that's like inclusive. And I know that the author doesn't suck. That was like the big thing for me. So <laughs> I had heard that Rick Reardon was great and heard that Percy Jackson series was great, but I was kind of like not super sold. So John talked me into reading Magnus Chase, which I've talked about here on the podcast before. Um, so he talked me into reading those and they are uh, like Nordic, Norse mythology and John is Scandinavian. He's really into that stuff anyway. So I hear all about Norse gods all the time um, and all of their celebrations and festivals and Yule and all that. So it's already kind of like I had a background information of who the characters were. Um, so I went in and read Magnus Chase, could not put it down. It was so good. So then I turned around and read Percy Jackson after it. I still think Magnus Chase is better than Percy Jackson, but Magnus Chase is three books. Percy Jackson is five. And then Percy Jackson is about to become a series on uh, Disney plus. So we bought the Percy Jackson books also for my goddaughter and she is reading those now and we're going to watch, you know, the show together when it comes out. So that was just like a fun, like, you know, if you just don't feel like dealing with anything, super great to pick up. And then, um, as I mentioned before, I also have gotten more into like, uh, romance novels this year, but not like the ones with like Fabio on the jacket cover with like his long hair and like his chest out. That's like not for me. Um, I really enjoy them when they're written by authors of color, specifically black authors, so um, I've, this year I've really gotten into, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but Jasmine Gilroy yeah. and then also Talia Hibbert. So Jasmine, I had actually re read the proposal last year and I didn't realize that all the characters were like tied together. Um, it's, it's like not, all the UPN shows. How they yes. Work. Yeah. It's, it's just like that because it's not necessarily like a series. You can definitely read one out of it and it all still makes sense. But if you read them in order and like all the characters like do connect. So I read the proposal, which is probably, I guess the best one to read as a standalone because like it's kind of in a different area and like it's the furthest removed, I think from all of them. And like, I liked it, but like, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm so over the top about it. It was just kind of like, all right, that was fine. You know what I mean? Um, and so I was kind of just like, not really trying to read the rest of them. And I was talked into reading the first one. So I read that one and was like hardcore hooked and then went back and read the rest of them. I'm skipping the proposal because I already read it. But yeah, so I would highly recommend those. Again, like it's not like the proposal is bad. I just think that in the series, it was like my least favorite, but the rest of them were fantastic. Um, and then Talia Hibbert, who has done like Get a Life, Chloe Brown, and then like this Brown Sisters like trilogy, um, just fantastic. And again, it's like, it's amazing because 
the leads are all like different races, different religions, different backgrounds, different sexualities, um, differently abled bodies. Like it's just fantastic and refreshing to read something that's just so inclusive. Um, some of the most like inclusive like books that I read. So I would definitely recommend all of those and I'm probably missing a million books. I'm not going to go through everything I've read, but obviously I'm on Goodreads at Charisma O'Keefe. So you can always check me out on there. I'm going to try to be a better reader this year. I feel like I read less than I thought that I would. Um, I'm probably going to like tap out at like 35 books for the year. And I thought I'd read 52 and 35 is like very low for me. I normally like am in the sixties, but I think I just read so much news this year that I could not read all like I couldn't focus on reading all the time because it was just like news 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 you know so I I'm also say like personally this is like I'm not a writer I'm not a professional writer it's not my job etc but I will say for my friends who also are big readers and have had they've had a lot of like unreads this year like a lot of people like a lot of books were unfinishable like couldn't finish yes. it and, and I think that has a lot to do with the way the publishing industry is trying to push series and books out so much like we're there's so many books out right now and not all of them are good and it's kind of frustrating as a person who reads like and this is specifically why I don't really read a lot if any YA because first of all a lot of the plots are very similar mm-hmm. a lot of them are written by people who you know don't care about being inclusive or don't care about highlighting other people and so like I, that whole industry is a mess and there's always some fighting and I'm like I want nothing to do with that Give me the, the stupid little romance books out of there that I can pick out that are written by people of color and I'll read those. But I don't care about your dystopian big drama because you guys are all fighting about it. Unless it's like Children of Blood and Bone where it's something completely yeah, different. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That is clearly going to be a movie that Disney's developing, etc. But it just, there's been oh, a lot of books that are not good. bad <laughs> YA. So there is a book by Catherine McPhee that everyone has like read, The Thousandth Floor. I'm sorry. No Catherine McPhee was- of... American Idol? Thing? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. no. I have no. lots of questions. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just same name. But she read, she wrote like Majesty and American Royals, which like, you know, were all over the internet this year. So I read both of those and they were both good. I was like, it was cool. You know, kind of like an idea of what if we would have been a monarchy instead of like, if you go back to like our founding, if it would have just, we decided to stay with George Washington's line and what would that look like today? And it was actually like done in an inclusive way. They actually touched on like race a lot. Like it was like, okay, this is good. But I think that these are her latest novels. And I think she's grown as a writer because her past stuff, like I went back to read the thousandth floor because again, I, I read through those two quickly and they were great. And I was like, great, give me more. So the thousandth floor is so bad and it's a dystopian about like, they say it's like gossip girl meets the future, but it's not. Um, Everyone in it is like white and they live in this big building in New York city. And like pretty much everyone in the world just like lives in a building. It's, it's very strange. Um, And it's just not good. I'm struggling because I hate like having a did not finish. Like I hate that. Like I love to finish a book if I start it. And it's really like, I don't think I'll finish it this year. I think I will finish it just because I'm, again, I'm so stubborn about finishing books. Um, but it's going to probably take me like six months to finish it. Cause it's just so bad. Like I'm about halfway through now and it's just been like, this is terrible. I keep picking up other books and completely reading through the whole thing. 
and then like going back to it and reading like a chapter and I'm like, oh, this is trash. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of really bad YA out there for sure. Yeah. And I mean, there's a whole, I mean, it's not just YA, it's books in general. Yes, there's a lot in of, general. You know, biopics, there's a lot, there's just a lot of, I mean, not biopics, but like biographies and like, you know, there's a lot happening in the publishing industry that has to do more with a lot of other industries of being influential, so to speak, of having high social numbers and a high following count kind of gets you to fast pass into getting mm-hmm. your book done. But that does not mean the book is good. It's good. That exactly. is all. It's a gripe. And Goodreads is not helping at all. Goodreads definitely is part of the machine, which is, you know, Amazon. It's part of the machine that causes the problem within these industries and why smaller, unwell known names, so to speak, can't fly and they can't flourish because it's so hard to get you know things picked up so i'm excited about i think it's it's fun it's like important to follow people that you know instead of taking um just advice off of like the uh what is it that i'm trying to say like the grade or whatever of the book the rating of the book like don't just go off of that like go off of people you know like Mm -hmm. um I always look at like Amber Burns because she has similar reading taste than like to me. And then also my friend Morgan, like I check with what they're reading, that sort of thing. Um, Because yeah, like Goodreads will lie to you. But I follow people on Goodreads more than like the rating itself. You know what I mean? I will say one book that I'm looking forward to in 2021 that has been out in the UK a year because the authors in the UK is one I follow on Twitter is Bolu Babalola has a book called Up in Color, which is like mythical tales from around the world retold. Yeah. It, it, it like everyone has such good things to say about this book. And I am so upset that we had to wait so many months. But best believe in April, it's coming to me. And I'm also going to read, obviously, Case by Isabel Wilkerson. She can do no wrong. She put in so much effort to put this book together. I just, my mental health is not there to read a 500 page book right now. Feel but that. in 2021, those will be the two books that at least I will commit to getting read and getting done it's funny because i read the goldfinch in 2019 and i'm like there is no way i could have read that book this year (laughs) like absolutely no way that book was way too long um okay so for movies this has been a weird year for movies because you know it's been a weird year for everything um but yeah movie theaters were closed for a large portion of the year many movies have been pushed back pushed around moved around it's just been kind of chaos so I don't think that I, I I'm wondering if I'm just forgetting because you know it's been just such a long year, but I don't really feel like I have a lot of like favorite movies, quote unquote, from the year. Um, one movie that I have been watching on repeat and I absolutely love is Jingle Jangle, and that came out on Netflix, and it is a Christmas movie that has um, an all black cast or mostly black cast, and it's a musical as well. Um, so it's kind of right up my alley. I absolutely love Christmas. I love musicals. It's really well done. It's a great story. There's lots of magic and heartfelt warm moments. Um, so yeah, so that's been a movie that has come out this year that I've been like, oh, I absolutely love it. But besides Christmas movies, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't feel like there's been many movies that I've watched like for the first time this year, you know? I like, so me and Jingle Jingle in the story of me watching this film, um i i love the hair and that's all it's like so i love bad. the costumes i love the hair i think the first opening number is fantastic i i struggle with the film and this is where like i get into like my box and my, my bat is that they had anika noni rose in this film and she did not sing a song until the third act and the song was also a duet with forrest whitaker and i lost my mind 
I lost my mind. I'm like, as a person who cares about black women being in things, you have the black, you have the Disney princess in your film and you let her sit into the third act. And I love Keegan Michael Key because he's hilarious and a great person. I do not need him to sing more than one song. (laughs) The movie made me so angry. I was like, I don't understand what you guys were doing with this film. It had such promise and everyone was so excited. And it was like, just kidding. Black women, go sit in that corner over there. You don't need anything. We're going to get into it with Forrest Whitaker and Keegan-Michael Key singing songs all over. And then what made it worse is that Keegan-Michael Key is in another musical <laughs> that I watched. And I was like, what is happening? Why is he singing all the time? He is was he in that prom. prom musical? He's in the prom. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. It's just, the, the prom is fantastic. It's a wonderful film. And it utilizes the characters as is. Obviously, it's not, I mean, ethnically diverse as Jingle Jangle, duh. But at least women said things. <laughs> it's just, I, I think I'm so... I, I like, loved it. I, I have to say, I disagree <laughs> because I feel like it, it focused a lot more on the little girl singing more than the Apparently, woman. And I get that. I think compared but to Forrest Whitaker, I don't I love think. that. Like... Because to me, I'm thinking like, but the little girls are the ones who are like watching this and like wanting that representation. And like for me, if I was a little girl, seeing that little girl like sing and have her big note, like that would be, I'd be, I mean, I was all over. I was like, this is amazing. So yes, I mean, she, I do think that like it would have been better for her to sing more, obviously. But I was, I loved that it was like, you know, it centered around the kids and you know, I, I could have done with less of all the adults, honestly, and just more of the kids, more of the kids I singing and that sort of thing. The first number is the strongest song. It's the strongest Definitely. opening. I love the first, the first number. People are going to have issues, and this is where But I love like... the, the one with the little girl when she has her own song as well. Those were probably, like, tied for my first, like, my favorite. It's, like, favorites. it's so inconsistent in the music. Twi- like, if you listen to album, you don't even have to watch the movie. Go to Spotify and listen to the songs. You can hear the like, this is good. This is not good. This is, what are we doing? Why did we make that choice? Okay, this is okay. And it's like, compared to like something like The Greatest Showman, which is what I'm going to compare it to because it's very similar. And like, this is the musical number from the beginning tried to open with this big open and then it went like silent. (laughs) Whereas like the, The Greatest Showman kept going with the pace. And I think for John Legend to have been a producer, I was expecting more from the music. I'm just gonna be real. I can be rude. It is what it is. But it's a cute. I mean, it's a cute film. What? Whatever. Whatever. I didn't like this. Girl, I didn't like. We the want people to watch too. this. We want I, more Black Christmas movies. I didn't like Christmas Chronicles too either. I didn't like any of these Christmas. I've movies never. Like. I've never seen Christmas Chronicles. I don't. It doesn't. Is is it a musical? No, and it's not great. It um, doesn't look great because the guy the first who plays okay. The second one is very much like... I had like, no idea that there were two. Toned it in. Um, is, there Godmother anybody, is there anybody in the cast that is not white? in? Absolutely Christmas? not. Yeah, of course so not. That's not silly. Um, in the second one, there is a black character, a little boy who is... And that's why I watch it, because I was like, okay, they introduced a, a black character. It's not. There's just colored. nothing about that movie that has drawn me in. I don't I know. I feel like that about, like... Of, of like all the things but in terms of film for 2020 it's been a interesting year because streaming obviously had to take hold of the reins and kind of like say f you i'm going you know ham to the wall like to take over because now everything's been closed and i actually just watched queen and slim for the first time because i could not i could not watch it and even yeah. when i watched it maybe a week ago, i was like people watch this 
mm-hmm. and they were fine. I could not, and even one, I it was a struggle. But it is such a beautifully well done film. The dialogue is really well done. The acting is really done. The cinematography, the story, which we all know, the story. Like, it's, there's no surprises in the story, by the way. Like, it's very much like what you think is going to happen is going to happen just reading the descriptions and watching the first trailer. But if you are in a mental place to process it as a as a body of art, it is a very well done film. And that's what I like. I'm like, my expectations for Black things are so high because I'm like, we have such talented people. And I hate when we put money behind things that don't don't live up to expectations, especially when it's not representing women as well as it should. Like, that's so frustrating to me. I'm like, we, well, whereas Queen of Slim had a, a beautiful dark skinned woman and did not fail to keep her as a center and move her forward and give her a voice and make her like take control of the story. And I think that's why black audiences resonated with it. Cause it's like, we don't have to have to relay on the more famous quote unquote person in the film, which we, they could have, but they didn't, they let her have her thing and have her moment and, and be nuanced and be, you know, complex. And so it, after the fiction film, I think it's probably one of the better films I've seen this year because I've seen some yeah. stuff. <laughs> 2020 has been a rough year for film as well. Um, yeah. But that that would be one of the ones that I definitely recommend in terms of watching. And we have to um, shout out our friend Michelle Hopewell who's been here on the podcast before who is an actress in the UK because she has a role in The Princess Switch 2 which is a really fun film super lighthearted, like a fun Christmas thing to do and she's in there. You'll see her and know exactly where she is so definitely um go listen to the episode that we've had her on and then go watch that uh sometime during the holidays because it's super fun um, and shout out of- to netflix over hallmark for having like christmas movies and romance movies that have people of color as opposed to hallmark that has like it's it's like not even inclusive to all white women it's like wild it's like it looks like they somehow like have cloned someone but made her look like slightly different in each you know film and it's like i swear you're watching the same person but they swear it's different people and i just i i truly don't get it i mean the guy looks the same too um it's it's very weird i don't and it seems like it's the same stories over and over again. i don't know i've never gotten i've never watched a hallmark one but from what i understand like it's the same story over and over again. Whereas like Netflix has a lot more diverse casting when it comes to their holidays and their romances and that sort of thing. So yeah. I just watch whenever a Maori sister is on a Hallmark one or like a Christina Milley, like anytime a black actress is in a Hallmark movie, I'm like, I need to watch it. I don't love them because I don't like those type of movies, but I watch it because you know and then um there is an asian american lead like there's two asian leads on a hallmark movie um so i would suggest watching that i guess i think it's called sugar and spice but that is there in case you want to watch it um in terms of films though i guess for a documentary to recommend one that i did think was very well done um which we i think everybody probably watched was becoming yes duh uh, like it, it probably was one of the better done documentaries in terms of just again theming the presence moving and very so like on the contrast of that I think I Am Greta which has been released more recently on Hulu was also very well done and the, like I feel like those two in terms of having moving with the people as they go through the things that they're going through and in Michelle Obama's case was becoming it was her book tour and getting to see how people were impacted by her time at the White House because it was just like kind of like this is what she's doing directly after 
and this is what happened and this is how she did the book tour and how she got to talk to black women and they can tell her how the the time of seeing those people were impactful and the same with I am Greta like it starts with like it's the beginning of her whole thing it's the beginning of her tour it's the beginning of people understanding who uh, Greta Thornburg is and like it, it shows the nuances of her being like just a child an actual physical child being like this is stupid I'm gonna stand up and talk about it and then you know highlight real show grown-ups adults in places of power dogging on this kid or like inviting her into spaces to talk and giving her platforms but then promising things and then not following up on it it's very much like people are like all these monarchs or whoever is like hey i'm gonna do this thing yeah we're so excited and climate change is important and we're gonna do stuff and then she's like six months later that person never did anything <laughs> like it's very much like a, hey people lie to children because they think it's something to get them elected like it just it just it showed two different i think as a contrasting uh two documentaries if you're into something that's light and not heavy and doesn't no one died because i have plenty of like very sad documentaries i can tell you about but if you're looking for something lighthearted and kind of uplifting and it has two strong female people in it who are really moving for i think becoming and i am greta are two so i mean becoming is on netflix and i am greta is on hulu so i'm giving you options from the platforms if that's what you're looking to do yes so um if you have any movies that you were like oh this movie was amazing this year and really like i'm so happy i saw blah 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 let us know because i would love to hear more about movies this year because it's i know i normally am like you know watching every single movie as it comes out in an amc theater and now i have no idea when i'll ever be in a movie theater again so free times yeah so let's get into shows because i've watched a lot of tv this year and it's been enjoyable um we had the end of Shit's Creek and the end of Agents of Shield this year and those are two shows that John and I have absolutely loved both of those shows um so it was really fun to see them both wrap up in like a good way cuz that always doesn't happen when you love a series and watch it like from the beginning a lot of times uh Dexter lost you know just it gets completely ruined so i really loved the end of both of these shows um, I was happy with uh, Schitt's Creek because they really they had somebody who I didn't think was going to be a strong female lead and they ended with her being one. So I really enjoyed that. You know, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like I'm nerdy and I love Marvel and I love that it's, you know, throughout the years kind of tied together a lot of what's been happening in the MCU. And now that the MCU is kind of like at its point of like rebirth and kind of like starting over essentially into the next phase they've decided to end the show along with that. Um, and they did it in a way that was really well done and and it was just a good conclusion for all the characters. So yeah, ends of shows can always be hard, but uh, they I love when they actually like do it well because I have been burned, so. <laughs> I'm like, we, yes, I feel like I, um, I just started getting into Shits Creek. Uh, it, it is not for everyone, I understand. Like people are like, why? Um, it it is took a slow, me a good five episodes to like it. Yeah, to get I, try, it, I had to start the first season twice because people were like, yeah, you're gonna love it, you're gonna love it. And I started it twice because I was like, but I don't. But like, yes. I like, but but I, obviously point. like, yeah, like having, you know, Eugene Levy and, uh, you know, why can't I think of her name right now? Maura, Maura Rose, whatever her character is. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a Catherine O'Hara. Having yeah, them, yeah. Um, like, having them in the show, I was already like, this show has to be good because, like, they don't have to just do anything, right? Like, 
they have been doing this for a long time. Like they've been in the game for a long time. They can pick and choose and do what they want to do. So I'm thinking like if two heavy hitters like this are coming to the show, it has to be good. And people were telling me the first season was good. And I was just like, I was really, I struggled through like the, you know, the first five episodes. But then after that, I was like, oh, this is, is amazing. Um, yeah. But it does take no. a while to pick up. Like my friend Margot is still like not trusting me. And she's like watched the first episode like twice. And she's like, yeah, no. <laughs> For people like Margot and myself, I honestly didn't even think the first season was really funny at all. Uh, second <laughs> season, there is a I think second season two, episode three, there is, it's like what, like the writing is impact. Like second, the second season is when the writers, they got there. Okay. The show is mm-hmm. going really decided to be like funny like it's it's interesting in the first season and but there's a lot of like character building in the first season that you really know who people are after that especially because these characters are a little bit out there they're a little extreme so it's like you're they're really like world building and character building because the place that they're in is such a character in itself and you have to also really understand their old world that where they're coming from as well. So it's like exactly. they really build that up. And I will like that's what was so brilliant about the end season. Like I don't want to say too much because, you know, if you haven't seen it, it will spoil everything. But like everyone really had a every character, every character, even like background characters who aren't really a big, you know, deal or whatever, everyone had a beautiful arc. And had growth. And you really don't see that all the time on shows, especially comedies, because they'll just be like, oh, whatever, like we'll just, you know, wrap it up or whatever. But really, everyone had like a beautiful arc and growth. <laughs> so wrap it up like girlfriends in the middle of season right? episode 13, just walk away. <laughs> like, and, oh, and one thing I also think that happens in comedies is like they get to a certain point where they get tired of like, I guess, exploring and growing. And so they make people act even worse and regress back to like, how they world, yeah until it's I like they just kind of reduce story. people yeah they'll reduce people to a joke and I feel like they kind of like in some ways they would do that with Tony Childs and girlfriends because oh yeah no but yeah like, her tenure, she became a joke like she was a punchline like she would grow so much and like have some you know like her marriage becoming a mom like things like that she was like growing a lot in those roles and then they would just make her reduce her back to like better character development of Lynn than they did with Tony and I'm sure like we'll never forget like we we were all there um so yeah that definitely was an early 2090s thing where sitcoms when they got to a certain point it was like oh we're still on tv let's be ridiculous and it was like breaking (laughs) the fourth wall stupid storylines but i think Shit's creek and the good place both have done yes. a good job of like Wonderful. wrapping up and doing service for sitcoms. so I, i'm glad that we're kind of better in a better place with sitcoms um in terms of like good writing um tv shows for me i'm into the really long drama uh really well shot really diverse cast a so little fires everywhere um industry which is on wow. hbo a good place the undoing here yeah why does that the, feel like 800 years ago so so long ago i would have put un- that on my list too but like i did not think that that was this year <laughs> I thought that it was 2019 is such a long year yeah the undoing also which is on hbo so the undoing industry are on hbo little fires everywhere which was yes, so good uh, hulu love victor which if you're looking for a teen kind of fun thing that was really well done as a show i loved it way more than the movie on hulu the Great on Hulu, which is about Catherine the Great, which is a really funny show. So those are some of the ones that I liked. And then I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which was the docu-series um, with Catherine McNara, McNara um, 
her wow. book that she had done. Little so Fires like, Everywhere was also this it was year. This year friend. It oh was my this year. god! I'm. Sh- I feel like. I'll have to do an addendum to this episode because I feel like I'm like, none of this stuff was this year. And I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that was this year. But I will say, people go watch Industry. It has a Black female lead. It's on HBO. It is about the financial world. It is, if you liked The Undoing, which was a really short series that was also on HBO that everybody watched with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant, which was very well done. You will like industry, especially even if you liked um what's I think there's another show, Secession. If you like uh, Secession on Showtime, you will like industry as well. But it's it's better because it's like, hey, there's a black woman in the center of this controversy and it, it's very dramatic. So that's that's gonna be my TV recommendations. And we'll have links in the show notes. That's obviously for you yeah. guys to and then obviously up. I watched the season of Bridge Bake Off and every single like, you know, food show that exists. Um, this season of Bake Off was very strange. It was like a very 2020 vibe. You know, I did not like this season as much as I've liked some of the other ones. I did not. Mm-hmm. I did not like the choices they made in the the last nope. like the last episode. It nope. made me very angry. <laughs> nope. I don't like. I'm not like you know. I I understand that these are real people, so I don't want to be like mean or anything, but. I don't understand how one of the finalists. If you watch it, yeah, you I don't want to give too much away, about. but there was a finalist that There's made it into the top three, have been and the, the person that got that didn't get to go had been consistently very well. And I admit that that episode that she was out, it was definitely not her best episode for sure. Yeah. But she had not had a, a a bad situation really up until that point, and the situation that she was in was not like crazy bad or anything. It wasn't like terrible, terrible. No. And then they were just like, no, she's going to go home, even though she's been stellar. That's the three she had us. I think there's an episode before the the four or the five where she's against another contestant who also was very solid and still got through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly what what you're talking about. Yep. That's my gripe with uh, Great British Big Officer. Unfortunately, it was one of those things where you're watching that final episode and you pretty much knew who was going to win oh yeah um and i think that in a lot of seasons i've gone in and i'm like who is it going to be it could be this person it could be the maybe it's this i don't know you know what i mean like you're like wondering because you know everyone is bringing something so strong to the table but slightly different and so you're like well this one could you know win it on a creative thing but this one's so great with technical and both whereas this season you like you went to the final and you're like well we all know blank is going to win so i guess let's just go watch them win so yeah, it was a weird season, but I guess it was just like it fits with the year of 2020. Everything's not great, um, and I will also say that I've been like—I mean, we've mentioned it before in the podcast, but we're, we've been going back and watching all of the old school shows. Um, yes. You know, we watched Girlfriends earlier this year, Sister Sister. So I've been watching Half and Half lately, um, and it's wild because like I feel like I just—it was for me—it was one of those shows that you just like watch an episode here or there and like not really like I understood I didn't follow the, the story yeah ex- that exactly I understood who the people were and how they were related to each other in the show but I really did not follow the storyline and the storyline is wild because it's like <laughs> there's two parts that just rub me the wrong way one is which there's this man who basically shows one child love more than the other in a very obvious way all the time. And nobody really seems to like have much of an issue with that. And then the other is that there is this woman who is insanely beautiful. Like, I mean, good God, like just stunning to me. And everyone spends every episode acting like she's ugly. 
I it's and and then positioning another woman who is her sister against her and like saying that this one is way more beautiful. So it's it's a strange. I just uh, I don't know what was going on in these times when I'm just like I don't I I just truly I don't understand. It's a wild show, but it is well done. I finished Girlfriends like in um, one on one the same day. Because I, I was like, I didn't know that I got to the end of Girlfriends until David and I were you like, won't oh, know until it happens. Yep. Really end. Um, and so I was like, let me finish one-on-one because I knew I only had a, like an episode left, which also ends in a wild way. But at least you know it's, but it, it doesn't end well. Like it's a wild, it introduces a whole triangle. Um, oh. I don't know. So it's a wild show. Um, I think of all of the, I think one-on-one still was, it was consistently fun. I even think when they switched the platform a little bit and, and kind of get rid of some of the characters, I had, I still have beef with them letting Spirit, like cutting her character out of the show for the last season, but they did introduce some other characters. I guess like they were trying to be more diverse into the CW network and it did work. Obviously they cut them anyway. They're like, if we can choose white characters, we'll be safe. Spoiler alert. No one was safe. We all, <laughs> they all got the, the ax. Um, but I think girlfriends, I think the first four seasons of Girlfriend were probably one of the better written yeah. UPN show sitcoms. Like it was very nuanced and well thought mm-hmm. out. And now knowing the background between the, the show and the show running and all that stuff, I think it was probably one of and I think one on one also, I mean half and half, not half and half, one on one is still was really well done too, in terms of writing. Um half and half is not really well written, but it's you watch it. <laughs> Moesha. Also not well I will say I still haven't finished. I, I can't. Once her brother showed up, like, because when I watched it as a kid, I had stopped watching before her brother showed up. So in my mind, like, the show was done because, like, you know, you couldn't just, like, go find stuff or well, whatever. This, they came up on that last season of One on One and they ruin it as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he's shown up and I, I think I'm halfway through the season that he shows up in. And it's been a few months and I just can't, I can't pick it back up. And I, it's like, I want to finish it, but I can't. And then the game, I just went ahead. I watched um, like one season without Kelly and then I, and without, I guess, no. Yeah. Without Kelly, but like the lead, like Tia is still there and um, Pooch Hall is still there. And then once they left, I just was like, no. And then I just went back and watched the final episode. <laughs> So it's just like, I'm not going to even, like, they had started to introduce the new characters, and I was like, I do not care about them. Once people. again, Brandy comes stomping in. You know, to another show. I can't, like, <laughs> it's, it's so true. Like, I can't sit here and act like that didn't happen. You know, you know that I love Brandy. You know that she's the I, know. I feel like this is the year that you're like, Brandy loves. Been been like, it has. Like, she showed up, and I'm like, and one of the things for me is that her role in the show and the character she plays, and this was not like the nineties, right? Like this is like what, like the mid two thousands or something. The, the character that she plays, like she should have been like, I know like, like there's no reason for this woman to be acting this way and to be portrayed this way. And there's a lot of issues I think with colorism in the role and just a lot of things going on to where if I had her star power coming into that role, I'm going to be like, no, like this is not, this isn't okay. Um, so yeah, it's just, she's a, a problematic character on that show. And I was just like, I can't watch. I think she's on for like three seasons. I was like, I can't do three seasons of this. 
So I'm just going to come back for the last Yeah, episode. I think I, I'm, um, think we're at the end of the episode where Kelly's no longer on it. And I told myself, I'm not going to watch the show when Tia's not on anymore. So That's, I, I have no Yeah, like you just have like back. a little while until they leave. And then what I, like I said, what I did is, because they, 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 they're on the last episode and they come back. And so I just came back for that last episode because I was just like, nah. What's very funny is if they had ended Girlfriends on episode, the season seven, in the finale where they thought the show was going to get canceled, where Pucha and Tia are on the show when Joan gets engaged, the show would have been fine. They should have ended the show right at Joan getting engaged and then reintroducing every single character except for Tony who yep. ever been on the show. That should have been the end of it. They should have wrapped it up. They should have let it go. And then they got renewed for some reason and they did 13 episodes of like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. They- yeah, but it's. I think everybody should go back and relive the UPN days. It's been a. It's been a journey. I'm nowhere near done with sister sister, but I'm. I'm not in no rush because yeah, I I'm not in a rush with sister sister. I have watched sister sister. I know it like front to back. Yeah, it's so. me to world. Like I know both of those shows Same. like front to back. Everything that happens. I haven't even gotten to Jordan and Tyreek yet, which Tyreek, the actor who plays him, I did. I will say also watch the. Uh, first wife's club that was a BT reboot with Michelle Buteau and um, goodness Jill Scott it's on BT plus it is a funny show I wish it had a second season but the guy who plays Tyreek is Michelle Buteau's husband and it's really it's so funny it's so it's like the sex of the city for black it's so well done I'm so upset that this show didn't go anywhere like I knew it was coming out but I never watched it until recently I've been re-watching it and I'm like this is such a good show so that was a, if you want something to watch over the holidays that has a black cast I would recommend doing that yes I'm I'm like I'm all about all of these shows and I think that like going back and kind of like watching them it kind of gives us you know, just like an idea, because we don't, we don't talk a lot about like, you know, the history of, you know, black cinema and black TV and that sort of thing. So I think it's important for everybody to go watch and watch, even if you're not black, I think that you can learn so much just about the culture, what was going on and things like that. And then it kind of, you know, guides us into like, why are things, you know, the way they are now? So yeah, watch Fresh Prince. It's on, you know, HBO plus watch Living Single. It's on Hulu. The best. Um, Living Single is so good. And like, it's wild to me that people grew up without like they only watched friends and never watched living single like that's wild to me how sad how sad what a sad day for people (laughs) like go watch it's one of those shows that you can watch any episode and it's gonna put a smile on your face it's just like such good tv watching so so yeah those are our favorite things for 2020 man i'm just proud of us for even finding anything that we liked because it was a rough year so same um we will be back next week for a little short bit but do you believe that next week is christmas week um you know the way that my deliveries have been coming in i guess it is (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited i'm like yay i'm just really excited because i'm not gonna work after friday so i probably will but like i don't i'm not gonna owe anybody anything you know what i'm saying like it's like I'm not going to be emailing people if that makes sense. So I'll just work on fun stuff behind the scenes stuff that I want to work on. Lots of like scheduling stuff and organizing for the new year and things like that. So I'm excited. And just to like watch movies and drink hot chocolate and eat cookies and relax. 
I'm like, we need that. So if you're oh. able to take some time off next week, please do so. Regardless of what you celebrate, just taking a day or whatever for yourself, if you can, please do so. Yeah. Um, enjoy. Go listen to The Man on the Moon 3. Kit Cuddy is doing stuff. Like, go live your life. Be your best person. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.